You're listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church. We want to thank you for joining us today for our weekly Bible study. Bible studies are on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at 8036 Telegraph Road in Downey, California, zip code 90240. And we've been blessed to be able to come together weekly to for these Bible studies as uh, we originally had gone through the book of Luke over the last two years. And this year we started in the book of Acts. And right now, I know we've been in some trying times, and there's a lot going on in our world and all around us, and even within our own selves. But always know that our God is in control, and our God reigns, and He rules over all, and He has all power and authority, and there is nothing that, go- that goes on that He does not know about and is not aware of. But doesn't mean that our God is, the, what's it called, a God who is not that, a God that cannot comfort. Of course, He can comfort us. He is our peace. He is our joy. He's our strength. He is the one that is with us through the storm. And just always know that our God loves you. And as His Word says, He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. And though we don't always understand everything that goes on, but His Word says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but to fear the Lord and to shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So we together are trusting the Lord together. We're looking to the Lord together. And we are believing that our God is great and He is good and He is always good. And in these trying times, don't ever lose focus that this is not about coronavirus. This is not about the fear and the pandemic that is going on in the world. This is about God and His love for humanity. This is about salvation. And we live in a world that much has come through this world to this world because of sin and the separation of God. But one of the greatest gifts that we have is His Son Jesus who came born of a virgin who came into this world because His Word says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He sent His Son into the world, though the world was not perfect and though the world had much sickness and wars and all these different things that have gone on in the world since the beginning of time. But He sent His Son into the world to show how much He loves humanity. And so that in Him we could be restored and have a right standing relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And not only that, He gave us His Son as that perfect sacrifice who died on that cross and rose again on the third day. And because today, if you choose to believe this, the Bible says that all that put their faith in Him shall be saved. And if we choose to repent of our sins and acknowledge we're in need of a Savior, that He would write our names in His Lamb's book of life that we may be with Him forever. Because that is eternity, to know God and to know the Son and to be with Him forever. So this night, I, I pray that you know the Lord. And if you do not know the Lord, that you would call upon the name of Jesus and know Him. Know His peace. Know what it is to be restored and to be reconciled unto a Holy Father. And also to be sealed by His Holy Spirit, who is the very promise and guarantee that what we believe is true. So thank you for joining us this night. And tonight, I know it's a little bit different as we as a church, a New Living Way church, have um, decided to 
adhere to the re restrictions and to the advice of our leaders. And uh, as of right now, our services are, are, we're not having service right now, at least until March 31st. We will see what's going on by then. But we're looking at it in a way, as the Bible says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength is to recognize that He is in control of everything and to continue to worship Him in all that we do. Not because we fear the, this COVID-19 or because we fear the decisions of man, but it's because we fear God and we recognize that no matter what, He is in control of over, over everything. Recognizing that we have been praying for our leaders and we have been praying for the wisdom and decisions and discernment that they need in these times. And whether it's the right decisions that they make or not, does not take away from the fact that our God is in control and that our God reigns and rules and that He is above all rule and authority. So we are thankful today, recognizing, thank you, Lord, for giving our leaders the wisdom that they need in these times, as hard as it may be, as hard as it may be in the decisions that they need to make, and I'm not even quite sure if it's the right decision, but they're doing the best that they can, but we recognize that God is still in the midst, and God can still lead and guide their hands. The next greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and the, Jesus says to Love your brothers and sisters as Christ loved the church. We're recognizing that, yes, we know that our God is able to, to heal and deliver and save, and He is above all this. But we're also recognizing that, as Paul did, and as Jesus did, He put Himself in a place as others. And that is what we are doing as well, for the sake of others, for those that are, that are concerned, those that are capable of, of getting this and, and putting others in a place of, of recognizing that we're doing this because we love you and we recognize your concern as well as we are concerned. And we want you to know that we are with you. And we're all in this together. Recognizing the love for our neighbors and them seeing that we are also adhering to the laws of the land because we are submitted to God and recognizing that He is in control. This is how we are showing the love of God but also recognizing that we are the temple of the living God and that we are the church and believing that we are still the church. Whether we're in this building or not, we are still the church and that we could still be the church out in this world. And this is a time even more that we need to be the church in this world, to be the light in this world and to recognize that we have the name above all names. And just because the circumstances, the way it is, does not change or take away our responsibility to continue to serve our God and to continue to serve our Lord Jesus and to be that light and that witness in this world, to let them know there is a God who loves them, there is a God who has, they can have hope in and that they can have peace in and be restored to. So let us encourage you this day that today is the day of salvation. And today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. And know that to adhere to the law of the land does not necessarily mean that you're giving in to man. No, you're recognizing the authority of God. Now, if anybody ever comes against the message of God and the message of Jesus Christ, then yes, we are to do as God calls us to do. But this is not against a church. This is not against... No, this is something that is going on for all humanity right now. Just as sin does. Just as a separation of God does. But we know that in Christ Jesus, He has redeemed the world.
So this is our prayer today that many will come to know the Lord through these trying times and know how good He is and His great love for all humanity. So thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight it's just it's me and, uh, and my beautiful wife, Letty. She's here with me today. She wants to say hello. Hello. So we are going through the Bible study tonight as we are still going to continue to do what God has called us to do. I would ask that you would continue to follow along and join and study along with us through the, through the scriptures, through Bible study, through prayer, through Sunday morning um, prayer as well. And also, as we have our Sunday services, we will still have the podcast. We are also working on a live stream. And uh, therefore, we could all be together and continue to study and, and, and seek the Lord through His Word. So we encourage you, don't stop studying. Don't stop reading the Word of God. Continue in the Word of God. And as we come together through the Bible studies, through the time of prayer, through, through prayer and on Sunday mornings and Sunday, Sunday services, continue to stay in the Word of God. Continue to seek the Lord through all this time. So thank you for joining us tonight. My wife will be helping me tonight in helping me to read. And she may have some input in some things here as well. So we pray that you're encouraged. And we know that you will be because it's the Word of God. And the Word of God is alive. It's living and active. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we'll open up in a word of prayer this night. And uh, we will be in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 16. And the topic tonight is faith that is. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this day, Father God. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are so good and so wonderful and so amazing, Father God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, Lord, and you are good, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you have shown us who you are through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who walked this land, the one who lived in this land, the one who died on a cross, but the one who rose again on the third day, and the one who is now ascended at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us day and night. We thank you that you, we, we can know you, Father, through him. And not only that, we could have the mind of Christ. And there is a, one, the helper who is living in us today for all those that have put their faith in you, Lord God. That is cre- making us to be more like you, Lord. Who every day, Lord Jesus, as we seek you, Lord, is teaching us and guiding us and leading us and directing us. Because who has known the mind of Christ except the Spirit of God? So we thank you this night, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord God, for your word is faithful and true. We thank you that your word has been tested and approved, Lord God. We thank you that though the heavens and the earth shall pass away, but your word shall never pass away. We thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, even to penetrate into dividing soul and spirit, joint marrow, judging the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. For nothing in all creation is hidden from your sight, but everything is open and laid bare before him to whom we must give account to. Thank you, Lord, for your word is good. And Father, tonight, Lord, we ask you that by your spirit, Lord God, you would teach us, you would instruct us, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us, O God. And Father, you would draw those that do not know you, Lord God, that they would come to know you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you this day, Father God, and we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So tonight's scripture is in Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 16. And it says here in verse 11, While he clung to Peter and John, 
all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and his name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So this will be our portion of scripture tonight, and we have been going through the book of Acts starting from the beginning of the year, and now we're in the book of Acts chapter 3, and the man is referring to as the man that was lame, that was healed in the name of Jesus Christ, and was raised up, and his body, his ankles were restored, and he got up, and he was leaping, and he was coming into the, the temple with Peter and John. And so th- we're going to start off in verse 11 tonight as we continue in this study. And you may, we may hear a lot of scriptures, and as we've been going over, we've been going over a lot of the same scriptures, but because it all has to do with Jesus. So, you know, it, it's just amazing. And, and, you know, just to back up everything that we continue to keep doing, it's just declaring how great He is. Amen. So, um, Letty, how does yours read verse 11? Now, while He was still holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly amazed, ran together and crowded around them, at the covered porch called Solomon's Portico. Amen. And yours is out of the Amplified Version, right? And I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. So we're going to look at this portion here just real quick in verse 11. It says, Well, he clung to Peter and John. And that word clung is simply to hold on to. And the Webster's Dictionary um, says it's, it's actually a word for cling. And it's to hold or to hold on tightly or tenaciously. So we got to understand, right, that this man was, I mean, he was excited. He had just been healed by the Lord. He had been healed in the name of Jesus. And his, I mean, physically, I mean, this was not a spiritual healing. This was, he was healed physically. I mean, this was a, an amazing act. I mean, this was something that is unheard. It was powerful. I mean, this just showed God's authority, not just over the spiritual, but over the spiritual and the physical and everything in between. This just showed that, man, the name of Jesus is powerful. So this man is excited. He's restored. He's healed. And he's clinging on and holding on to Peter and John because these are the men he could see. I mean, these were, this was his physical thing, right? I mean, it's like me and you, we, we see each other, or you pray for somebody, you encourage somebody, or, you know, or just somebody doesn't act for me and you today. I mean, like today, many people are giving to the, each other. You know, families are helping each other out. And they're looking to the people like, wow, thank you, you know, I mean, that is so, it's so nice, you know, though there's a lot of people maybe not doing that right now, but, you know, I mean, we hear of many stories, right? I mean, yeah, people are willing for giving. Yeah, you're seeing like a change of heart. And this man is just so grateful that he's just like hanging on to them like, wow, thank you guys so much. I mean, it's just amazing. And so this was an, this was something that was seen by the people. I mean, they literally witnessed this amazing miracle. 
And there is no denying, I mean, all of these people knew that this man had been outside. He was lame. He couldn't walk. He had been like this since birth. So, you know, maybe not all of them knew his history, but, you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing. So it says here that while he clung, he clung to Peter and John, that all the people, that means everybody that was around her, was utterly astounded. And in the King James Version, it says, they were wondering, like, wow, like quite astonished, amazed, and they marveled greatly, like, wow, what is this all about? This man is, he wasn't quiet about it. That's what I love about, I, I say, man, we could dance in church, we could jump, we can sing. Pastor Abel used to say, he can hang on the chandelier. It's just an amazing thing. I mean, because this man was excited. I, I remember, you know, I've shared many times coming into the church and looking over and seen one of the, the brothers in here and he was jumping and I was just looking at him like, man, I, I was like, I want to be free like that one day, you know, where I could be jumping and praising Jesus, you know? And, and I mean, I can, you know, this is an amazing thing. I mean, you've been say you've been healed by the Lord. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, do you? No, nothing wrong with it. I mean, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I can't imagine what they were saying. Knowing that this person was always outside the temple and all of a sudden... They not witness it, but he's standing and holding on and walking with them. So to see that display is, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I could imagine myself jumping also, and not even considering, am I going to get hurt again or what's just the excitement? No one can take that from you. No, it's just an amazing thing. It's just like wow, and it says that they ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. So imagine everybody's witnessing this, and and they're all running over there, and they're just like wow, this is this is amazing. I mean, this is an amazing place. And basically, Solomon's portico it was a colonnade, or in some translations says colonnade. Um, it's an entrance or porch supported by columns. Um, I, I've seen the picture when you look it up on Google. There's many different ways how they show it. it's a beautiful place i mean um you know take a look at it you know it's it's, it's beautiful sight i mean that's a beautiful thing about the phones now we could just go on there and type in uh, solomon's portico or solomon's colonnade and you'll see the beautiful picture on here but this was basically a place in the temple and uh and so there was a lot of people here and so they all you know they they witnessed this and they all basically came together so um but this was not you know this was a familiar place to them because jesus taught here this is a place that also Jesus taught. So let's look at a place that Jesus actually taught here. Let's look at John um, chapter 10. And we're going we're gonna to read verse 22 through 39. So we'll go to John chapter 2. I'm sorry, John chapter 10, verse 22 to 39. And it says here, At that time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So this is the same place, around the same area, that these people are now witnessing this miracle. But look at Jesus. Look, let's look at verse uh, 24. So it says, The Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So this really got them going because look at verse 31. It says, The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the son of God. If I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the Father. Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. Wow. So right here, I mean, what is he really speaking about? What do you what do you say, Letty? Well, I believe he's letting them know that because they're asking, are you the one, how long are you keeping us from waiting? We're waiting to see a miracle. But they're missing who Jesus is. They're missing the very words that he's saying, I am he who you want to see. And I have done works to believe. It's just a message of believe. Why don't you believe? It was like the question, you still don't believe? You have a little bit, why don't you believe? But this is just telling them around them, I'm doing it. Yeah. You not believe. Yeah, and, and he's and in that works, those works were for a reason. He did them for a reason because as we look at the scripture, he's basically displaying his authority. He's saying, I have every right to this. I have every right to do this. And you're seeing that I, I'm not only saying that I have the right, but I'm proving and showing you that I have the right and authority because you're witnessing these miracles and these works. And so let's, let's go back to Psalm 82. Let's look at, because I want to see this part where he says, Is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. So let's go to Psalm 82. Let's go to Psalm 82. And if you could read that, I think that'd be great. Psalm 82. Um, yeah, we'll read the whole Psalm. 82. God stands in the darkness and assembly he judges among among the gods divine beings how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked Salah. vindicate the weak and the fatherless do justice and maintain the rights of the afflicted and destitute rescue the weak and needy rescue them from the hand of the wicked the rulers do not know nor do they understand they walk in the darkness of complacent satisfaction and all the foundations of the earth, the fundamental principles of the administration of justice, are shaken. I said, you are gods. Indeed, all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like men and fall like any of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for to you belong all the nations. 
Amen. So right here, it's a psalm about the leaders. It's a psalm about those who were given the authority, who were given the right to judge in, in place of God. But they're also recognizing that you're not, you're not doing this. This is the Lord saying, you, but you're not doing this. Like right there, he says, they have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. And what they're supposed to do is what verse 4 says, give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And he's reminding them, I said, you are God's sons of the Most High, all of you. But he's also telling them, but because you're not doing this, nevertheless, you're going to die. But look at verse 8. It says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. Yes, I cry for Jesus right there. That's a cry for the righteous judge. And we're seeing this, you know, through, as reading these scriptures, we're recognizing and seeing this all unfold. This is coming to pass. And he's not calling them gods in a sense. He's, he's re representing them and they're representing God and executing judgment. And so let's go to Exodus chapter 4. We'll look over here at Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 16. We're going to look at an example here. Um, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 16. I'll read that one and let the, if you can prepare Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 through 7. So I'll read chapter 4, verse 10 through 16, and you read chapter 7, verse 1 through 7. So this is um, Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh. So Exodus chapter 4 verse 10 through 16 says this, But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Ooh, come on. Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? What an awesome place to see this, that God is like, I mean, Jesus is a healer. So how could he not heal? How could he not restore? He's the maker of it. And he's declaring it here. And he's telling them, because Moses is like, I, I can't do this, man. I, I, you know, like what I'm doing right now, I'm stuttering, you know. So, and because it's not based upon me, but it's based upon God. And God is declaring who he is. And he says in verse 12, now, therefore, go. We've heard this before, and we're going to get to that in a bit. He's saying, now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. I know many times I've said that. And verse 14 says, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. So right here, God is just declaring to Moses who he is. But at the same time, he's also showing Moses mercy. But what he's letting him know, you shall be like God, not a God, but like God to Aaron. Because all that I speak to you, you will speak to him and he will speak to the people. 
But he's declaring that he is still God. He never gives all his glory to man. He just say, no, you're going to be my mouthpiece. You're going to be my vessel. Because he's also saying, take up that staff, which you shall do the signs. So this is an exact representation of God displaying who he is, but also the blessing that he's willing to use man in his weakness, but all to bring glory to God. So let if you could read chapter 7, verse 1 through 7. Let's look at the example here. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now hear this, I make you as a god to Pharaoh to declare my will on purpose to him, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you and your brother. Aaron shall tell the Pharaoh the children to let the children of Israel go out of his hand. And I will make Pharaoh's heart hard and multiply my signs and my wonders, my miracles in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you. And I shall lay my hand on Egypt and bring about and bring out my host like a defensive army, tribe by tribe. My people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment in the plagues. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Then I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them. So they did. Now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Amen. So here's another example that they're representing God to Pharaoh. But you know what I love about this? God just didn't do this to say so like that. Um, Moses and Aaron could be looked at like, oh my, oh man, look at Moses and Aaron. They are so mighty. I want to be like them. No, God had a reason and a purpose of why he did these signs and miracles. It was declaring the land who was really God. And even though Pharaoh was considered their God in their, in their land, but yet they were no match against the true living God. And so God did these miracles and these signs and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, but it was all so that God could be made known in the land. And therefore the people of Israel would become a people and therefore they would always know and the children of Israel would know this is our God. This is the authority he has. This is the deliverance we had. This is all that he did. And all it is is an example of God's power. And I wrote here, How much more the Son of God, who has all power and all authority. So let's go back and look. Remember that word go earlier, right? We read that in in Exodus a little while ago. So let's look at Matthew chapter 28. And like I said, we've read these scriptures already, but we're going to read them again. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And it says here, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, there's that word, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that because there again, Jesus is now declaring this, but he is declaring the authority, all that authority that God was declaring to Moses. This is that same power and authority. This is what Jesus worked under. This is the power that Jesus worked in because He is also fully God. He is the Son of God. He is the second person in the Godhead of the Trinity. He is God the Son. 
And this is an amazing thing. And this is what he's declaring. But not only that, he's not just telling them, go and do this so everybody will recognize how great you disciples are. No, he is sending them out with a purpose, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So he's giving them a command and he's giving them a commission and he's giving them a mission and a purpose. And that is to bring the good news of who Jesus is, because it's all now, it's all about Jesus. It's always been about God and it's still about God, but now God is giving them a name and he's giving them a person and he's giving them his son and recognizing that it's all about him. He gave them a mission. And and not only that, he's saying, I will be with you always to the end of the age, letting them know he has every right. He has every right to do all that he does because he has the authority. And think about it this way. And I was, you know, as I was studying this and I read something on it, it really brought an interesting part as we go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 11. You know, it's amazing as I was studying this, it, it said something in there that really hit me. It was like, these, Peter is declaring this, they're declaring all this, but they're the same people that were here when they were standing there to condemn Jesus and wanted to kill Him, a lot of these people most likely were the same ones that were standing there listening to now these men testify to this and see this miracle. So they must have been like, we got rid of Jesus and now, what? <laughs> yeah. And so the same people that were around Jesus in the scripture we read earlier were most likely the same people that were around witnessing this miracle. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing. So let's look at verse 12. And this is very important why that, that footnote's important because they thought they got rid of Jesus. <laughs> but little did they know, no, He's Lord of Lords. So let's look at verse 12. And in verse 12 it says, And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made Him walk? And that word addressed is just basically to answer or to respond. And, and I read a, uh, what's it called also the definition, begin to speak where an address is expected. Begin to speak where an address is expected. Okay. Now think about it this way. I was, as I was studying this and looking at this, you know, for a second, I thought, well, man, did they read their minds like Jesus read, you know, the disciples' minds? But no, this was an obvious act of a miracle. This was something that was amazing. So this was something that needed an answer that automatically the disciples didn't have to read anybody's mind. They knew we have to have a response for this. And Peter recognized that. When he saw the people coming, he was ready. He recognized the opportunity to, wow, this is. I got I get, I get to give an answer to this. I give a, get to give a reason for this. You know, he would have never imagined this. He's there just walking along the temple. You know, this man asking for something, expecting to receive. And they say, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk or rise up and walk. And so this is crazy. Like now he's going to get an opportunity and he recognizes he recognizes his opportunity and the bible says make every effort of every opportunity that we get and recognizing the days are evil um you know kind of paraphrasing a little bit but he's seizing his opportunity but what i love about this is he immediately takes himself or themselves out of the picture because how many of us know here 
they had an opportunity to get the glory for themselves here. This was a crossroad. Can you go to Proverbs chapter 27, 21 and read that one from yours? Because right here, all the people, they have all the people's attention. There is a miracle that was just done. They, I don't even know if they, they don't even know it was the name of Jesus yet. This is their opportunity. This is their chance. This is their opportunity that, man, you know. We're about to look at them. Yeah, we, we, could, we could be famous. It's like uh, young guns. I could make you famous. You know, this is their moment. But read Proverbs 27, 21. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold to separate the impurities of the metal. And each is tested by the praise given to him and his response to it, whether humble or proud. Wow. Amen. That's, that's a longer, that's a deeper version on that. Wow. And I know um, in the NIV, one of the NIV version, it says, and man is tested in the praise he receives. And many times we can be seen that way. You know, we as humanity, we love praise. You know, you could say you don't and no, no, it's okay. But it's like they say, I'm, um, what is it? I'm, I'm humble. I'm humble. Oh, you know, like proud to be humble. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like we, we love it. And, and you know, to, for us to say we don't, we would be lying. We all love it in some form or way. Especially when something as great as this happens, the flesh can easily rise up. And this can also be a test, you know, but Peter doesn't fall into that. You know, though he fell into temptation before where he denied Jesus. But now we see Peter now declaring who Jesus is. And he says... Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why are you astounded? Why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, our own religious, our own goodness, we have made him walk? His own godliness. It's like, no, this has nothing. He takes himself and themselves out of the equation, recognizes that right away, and just takes it out of the equation puts themselves down and says it has nothing this has nothing to do with us that right there is putting the flesh down and keeping it from rising up but that only comes by the power of the holy spirit because i mean any person could have easily taken the credit here but we see that these men didn't and then we look at verse 13 and he just hits them right away did you have anything to say on that Letty? on that portion yeah, I was thinking about that, how powerful it is that the Holy Spirit was working in them and through them, because it does go parallel to when we read about John, because the Lord is declaring His power and authority, and it's the same place. He was in the temple, and again, they're in the temple. But if the love and the submission to the Lord and the Holy Spirit, because if they would have taken it, like we would take praise for ourselves, can we produce it? Can we replicate it? There has to be a devotion, a submission, and a fear that uh, I cannot go into this. This is the Lord in His hand. Like saying, this is the finger of the Lord because wow. that's where the submission went to God's authority. Because when we take credit for something, how can, not even all the confidence we have, can we prove that we can replicate or duplicate or remaster something when it's from God? Wow. I, I just, I thought of submission. Like, and that reminds me of in, in Exodus is that this is, has to be the finger of God because they could not replicate what God had done. You know, they did for a while, and after a while, it was like they told Pharaoh, "This has to be the finger of God." And That's, when you know it's the Lord's work and Him at work. You don't back off; you just recognize it 
and just wow, you're, you're just in awe. And that makes a lot of sense because even in these in our the days we live in today, it can put a lot of pressure on someone to have to continue to keep doing that. So even to the point where people will compromise and make it seem like things are happening when things are really not happening, you know. And when it's God, you don't need to make anything happen. God will just move. You just we just believe and trust who He is, and we don't have to try to make anything happen. We don't need to have music or I mean that's all nice, but it's a matter of. We believe and know who our God is. We know the name of Jesus. Versus God's power to different things. Yeah. Amen. The Lord doesn't. Wow, that's yeah, that's very true, and that's that's very deep right there in that part. I didn't even, you know, I saw that, but not to that extent. So, wow, and you know what? But thank God they didn't fall into this in this in this place here, you know. And and so let's, but let's look what look what Peter does. He goes right, you know, in, in verse thirteen, he says, "The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." The God of our fathers glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. So I want us to look at this first part here though. He hits him with the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers. So let's look at another example here. Let's go to Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20, and, and I want us to see why this is so important here. Luke chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 27 to 39. I'll read this one here. It says, There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses, remember that, we just read about Moses earlier, okay? Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die anymore because they are equal to angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Oh, praise the Lord. And he says in verse 38, Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him questions. So when he is declaring this, he is reminding of this, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers. He is saying this same God who is the God of the living, who Moses declared is the God of the living. So let's look at John chapter 9. Remember, they, they mentioned Moses quite a bit. And so Moses chapter 9, we'll look at verse... 24. I'm sorry, what did I say? Moses. Moses, I'm sorry. John chapter 9, see that's why I need you here with me. John chapter 9, verse 24 through 41. And go ahead and read that, I think. 
So a second time they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, Give God glory and praise for your sight. We know this man Jesus is a sinner, separated from God. Then he answered, I do not know whether he's a sinner, separated from God, but one thing I do know, that though, that though I was blind, now I see. All the way to 41. Okay, sorry. So they said to him, What did he actually do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I already told you and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again and again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And at that remark, they stormed at him and jeered, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know for certain that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. The man replied, Well, this is astonishing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know, according to your tradition, that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone fears God and does his will, he fears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything like this because God would not hear his prayer. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins from head to foot, and you presume to teach us? Then they threw him out of the synagogue. Jesus heard that they had put him out of the synagogue, and finding him, he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and in fact, he is the one who is talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe in you and your word. And he worshipped him with reverence and awe. Keep going, 41. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, to separate those who believe in me from those who reject me, to declare judgment on those who choose to be separated from God, so that the sightless would see, and those who would see become blind. Some Pharisees who were there with him heard these things, and they said to him, Are, you, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind to spiritual things, you would have no sin, and would not be to blame for your unbelief. But since you claim to have spiritual sight, you have no excuse. So your sin and guilt remain. Amen. So we see here, this is again the authority of God, the authority of Jesus Christ. And they're saying they're disciples of Moses, but yet Moses declared who Jesus is. He believed in Jesus. He appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration. But the problem here is, is that they were refusing to see the truth. They were refusing to see their faults. They were refusing to see God in Christ Jesus because their hearts had become so hardened, just as Pharaoh. But remember, even in that, God had a plan and a purpose. As Pharaoh's heart was hardened, so were the hearts of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, and all these that came against him. And in that, there was great signs, wonders, and miracles done, but it was all to show and declare who God is through Christ Jesus. It was to declare His authority and His every right. And in that, even to His death and resurrection and ascension, everything, it all proved that He is the Son of God, the perfect acceptance. But this wasn't about to make them feel bad. I mean, it wasn't about to point the finger. What it was, it was to show them the truth that this is what you did. But it was still an opportunity for repentance. It was still an opportunity to recognize. It wasn't to condemn them, but it was an opportunity for them to see the truth. But like he says, because you think that you, you refuse to say you could see. 
Well, then, then you're really blind, and that means your sin remains because you choose to reject the truth and the truth that I'm telling you, and you don't want to see it. So therefore, you can't be saved in that. You know, and that's that's a dangerous place to get to. But but they're using Moses as an example to keep them from that. But they're missing the whole purpose. And so therefore, he's, he's telling them this, and he's showing them that he is, this is the same God, the God that you believe in, the God that Moses declares. This is, this, this same God, he says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, this same God, look at this part, glorified his servant, Jesus. He glorified his servant, Jesus. That's another bold answer right there. Yeah, he is saying that same God who you rejected Jesus supposedly by, this is the same God that now glorified Jesus and declares this is his son. And let's look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're going to read verse 27 through 33. It says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Wow. That is amazing. And it says, The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Wow. God was going to glorify his son in the death that he would die. Because he would not stay dead, but he would raise again on the third day. And that word glorified is just to give honor, to, to show his honor honor and God definitely honored the son look at John chapter 17 let's look at verse 1 through 5 it says when Jesus had spoken these words he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him that's the key that is the key. He tells the disciples, don't, don't glory in that you, the, the demons are subject to you in my name. Be joyful because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And this is what he's telling him. This is what he gave him the authority to do, to give eternal life to all you have given him. And verse 3 says, and this is eternal life. This is what eternal life is about. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And he says, I glorified you on earth. I honored you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I didn't just say because I glorify you. And I know I glorified you and I honored you because I was obedient to the purpose from what you sent me to do. He was obedient. It was in the obedience that he learned the suffering. It was in that obedience. And all that he did is because he wanted to bring glory to the father, that honor. And he's telling him, I didn't just do this because I said it. I did it in what I did. And he laid down his life. And verse 5 says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Wow. Before the world existed. 
So he was already before all this. He's declaring who he is. And he didn't stay in that grave. God honored him because he did not stay in that grave. He showed that that sacrifice was accepted because Jesus was raised from the grave and ascended on high. And so he's telling them this. Whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. That's just referring to Luke chapter 23, verse 13 through 25, when all the people are out there and Pilate gives them a decision and he says, Listen, he says, I can, I can release Barabbas as a murderer, or I can release Jesus, your king. And they start to shout, crucify him, crucify him. They chose a murderer over Jesus. And he's telling them this, and he's reminding them this, and bringing back to remembrance. Giving them an opportunity to acknowledge what you did was wrong. You let go of a murderer. This one whom God the Father glorified, who He honored, who He showed that He is who He says He is, but... You, you denied him. And you delivered him over for death, physical death, to have him killed, to have him executed. But it was a reminder of their need also for forgiveness. See, in all this, through 13 and 15, and all the way to the end of the chapter, the message is who Jesus is, how, Jesus, how they rejected Jesus, how... It was to reject Jesus was actually proved fatal, but also what needed to be done to change that. And what that all came down to was salvation. It was to use this now time as a time and a place for salvation. We must never forget that even in the times we are in today and all that is going on, and though we've never seen it or we've never been in it, but it does not change the focus and responsibility that's still all about salvation. No matter what's going on, yes, we always point to Jesus and we know that there's end times and we know that there's many things that will come upon the land and upon the world. But again, it's all for salvation. That we would turn back to God. And this is what this message is about. But look what he says in verse 14, But you denied the Holy and Righteous One. And ask for a murderer to be granted to you. But look what he, he, he declares. You denied the holy and the righteous one. Declares who he is. Verse 15 says, And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Yes, he reminds them of what they did. And he reminds them of who Jesus is. But it's still all about salvation. But let's look at that. Let's look at Revelation. Holy and righteous one. Revelation chapter 4. Let's look what it says here in verse... 8 through 11 says, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. 
And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. This is the holy and righteous one. Let's look at chapter 5, verse 9 through 14. He says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and the four living creatures said and we along say amen and the elders fell down and worshiped this is the holy and the righteous one that he is declaring that you rejected that you delivered over this holy and righteous one that we read in revelation this is jesus the father the son and the holy spirit Wow. And that is a blessing to us because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 He says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. It's because Jesus is righteous that our faith and belief in Him and all that He did for us, that we now are righteous because He is righteous. This is that same Jesus, the holy and righteous one that they say they rejected and delivered. He says, you killed the author of life. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is our Lord Jesus. That is our Lord Jesus. He never gave up all His authority. He says in the other scripture we read, even before it, everything existed, he, was, he already is. Because He is God. Though He was fully man, He was fully God. But in the resurrected body, he's fully, He is both. Showing His authority and His power. 
but it's the authority and power to save the lost. To give eternal life to those, to all of us that were separated from God because of how holy He is. And He's telling them, this is the same God that you delivered over. He said that God raised from the dead. Um, Letty, if you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 through 58, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 through 58. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then the scriptures will be fulfilled that says, Death is swallowed up in victory, vanquished forever. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin by which it brings death is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us a victory and conquers, as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, in the Lord is not futile or wasted. It is never without purpose. Amen. So verse 13 of Acts chapter 3 says, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And to say this witness is basically saying they saw this, they witnessed it, and you can never change the fact that they knew what they knew. But what I love about this, because it never takes the fact that God was always in control. Always know that no matter what, God is always in control. In verse 9 of John chapter 19, it says, He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, is talking about Pilate, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. See, Jesus is letting him know, yeah, you may have the authority here, but your authority is only given because God the Father has allowed it, and I am subjected in obedience to Him. And it never took away from God's power, and never took away from the authority. All it did was show that Jesus was perfectly submitted unto the Father, even to death. And because of that, He honored the Father, He glorified the Father, and in that, the Father glorified the Son, and honored the Son because He rose Him from the grave. And these men were witnesses, and this is now what they are declaring. So think about this. They thought they got rid of this name, this person. But it was only the beginning. Verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 16 says, And his name, by faith in his name, 
has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. When he's saying the faith in his name, he is talking about his authority, his power, and all that he is. They are believing in the name above all names. So let's look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20. This will be our last scripture here tonight. But it says here, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20. And he said to them, go, there's that word again, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Now they knew Jesus. They knew him there. They knew his name. But now they were going to learn and know how to walk in the power of his name. But it wasn't just a name. It was all that Christ is in the name. So when we say Jesus. We're believing in who he is and all that the Bible says he is and all that we're coming to know him as. But not only that, in this time, names represented a man's character. So when now you say the name of Jesus, you are declaring the man's character, the son of man, the son of God. We are declaring, it's not just to hear his name, but we are declaring who Christ is in that name. So when I say in the name of Jesus, just as when he declared to Moses, did I not create the eye, the mouth, the ear, all these things? These disciples and ourselves today and all those that put their faith are also given that same authority, but not our authority, but the authority that Christ is. And we are going out there with the same God who is a creator of all and knows all, all sickness, all doubt, all fears, sin, all these things. They are subject to Christ when we can give it and bring it to him and he could restore. This name stood for his authority and power. By using his name, all those got to see whose authority and power this was done in. So they were witnessing, man, we got rid of Jesus, but now we just witnessed something else. And they're saying it was done in his name. And this is a footnote that said it's not merely the sound of his name, but Christ himself. And it's our faith in action. Faith that is means to do. So when we say faith that is through Jesus, it is an action word. It's an active faith. Faith without works is dead. It's more than just saying his name, but knowing the one whose name you're proclaiming and recognizing his power and authority and all that he is. 
It's a faith that is. That faith that is is an action word. It's through Jesus because we recognize it's the faith that is through Jesus that my sins can be forgiven, that I can be restored, that I can be reconciled, that I have the peace of God, that I have the joy of God, that I have the fruit of the Spirit, Lord God, that you'll never leave me, that you'll never forsake me, Lord God. But not only that, I can believe in you, Lord, and know and recognize, God, that God, you are the God of all, and that in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring all that you are and that you have the power and authority over everything in the right, over the physical, over the spiritual, to restore all those that are lost, that they may be with you in eternity forever. And all the glory goes to God the Father, glory goes to God the Son, and glory goes to God the Holy Spirit. Because that is what we are to do, is to live our lives honoring our God. It's a faith that is. It's our action. But it's also an action in obedience and recognizing and submitting to His authority in all things. And sometimes that may be submitting to authorities of the land or, you know, and the Bible talks about that because that is our example, but it's our faith in action. We're doing this in faith in action, not because of fear in action, but because of faith in action. Because just as what we're doing today as a church, we are believing and walking by faith that, Father, this is our faith in action, is the faith that is through Jesus Christ, that we are believing that you're in control, that you are greater, but in this, Lord God, your love is going to be shown to the world God as they see a people coming together praying for one another praying for the lost and coming together not because they believe but knowing that we can tell them about a God who loves them we're not doing and making the decisions out of fear we're doing it in faith in and that's the faith that is in Christ through Christ Jesus We submit to the authority because we recognize whose authority we are actually submitting to. We recognize that God has all the power and all authority. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Because our leaders, our nation, our, our world needs guidance today. Needs your peace and comfort this day. But we know that all things are possible and we know that you're going to do mighty works to your church, and the church after this will never be the same, but that's okay. That's a good thing. Our prayer is, is that there will be a return back to a heart of worship, back to what church is, being the body of Christ is. And that's about serving and loving one another, praying for one another, not about anything else, because when it's all stripped away, it's still all about Christ and what we do in this world and how we live in this world and how we are a light in this world. Because it's faith that is through Jesus Christ. That they saw this man that was lame healed. That many will see those that are saved. Many will see those that are given hope. Many will see those that are healed. And you'll see the signs, wonders, and miracles to Jesus Christ because we are the church in this world. So we encourage you tonight, don't stop being the church in this world. Don't let fear grip you. And when it does, always remind yourself how much God loves you because it's in that love that we're able to overcome fear because we recognize, Lord, you love us. Though we don't understand everything, and it's hard, 
But Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love us and you love this world, Lord. You loved it so much that you gave your only son to die for it. But that all that believe would have everlasting life in you. So tonight, if you don't know the Lord, we're going to ask tonight, if you like to know the Lord, this isn't a magical prayer. It's The name of Jesus is not a magic name. No, it's a name of who our God is. A God that's alive, a God that is risen, a God that understands yours and mine weakness yet was without sin, but paid that price for us. And now in Him, you could be restored and have a right standing relationship with God. If that is you today and you do not know the Lord or you have been backslidden or you just kind of found your place, you've just kind of been in tradition and religion, you've been in church, you've been going, but you've just been in religion, stop running. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like those that refuse to see, acknowledge your sin, acknowledge that you've been blind, acknowledge there are some things in your heart that need to be changed. That's all it is. It's just acknowledging, Lord, I need to change. And I've been fighting you, Lord. If that is you today, I'm going to ask you just to repeat this prayer. It's a prayer of faith. But it's faith in His name. But by you declaring this prayer with your heart today, then it becomes a faith that is through Jesus Christ. So today I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge that I have sinned against you and that I have sinned against my neighbor and all those around me, Lord. But I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. And I believe that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me day and night. And I ask you to come into my heart this day. Restore my heart, Lord. Make me whole, Lord that I may have a right standing relationship with God the Father. And I ask you to write my name in your Lamb's book of life that I may be with you forever. Now, Lord, come and fill me with your Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as a seal of my salvation in you, Lord. And I believe that today in this prayer of faith that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And those old things have passed away and behold, all things are made new. Thank you that I could see again today. Thank you that I could hear. Thank you that I could speak. Thank you that I can walk. That I can live in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. If you have prayed this prayer today, I encourage you, we encourage you to get into a Bible teaching church. You pick up the Word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you through His Word. 
I know right now it's a little bit hard, but you trust God. Today is a new day. No one could ever explain how you feel today because it's just knowing and believing. But let me encourage you, tell someone what you did today. Share with someone today, to the day you became a child of God, a servant of God, and that your life has changed forever. Father, thank you this day, Lord. Thank you for, Lord, that we can have faith in the name above all names, Lord. For there is no other name given unto heaven by which men shall be saved but the name of Jesus. And what a miracle, Lord God, because nobody could ever take credit, Lord, for what you do and what you have done, Lord. And Lord, nobody can ever deny the change that you bring into a person's life, Lord God. Lord, it's not about me or my wife or any of us, Lord, that share with another person, Lord. It's about you. But Lord, it's in seeing a life change, Lord, that Lord, that's undeniable, Lord, that you did a change, that you did a work, Lord God. And you could recognize those that have been with you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us be that example in this world. Let us be that light in this world. Father, this world is hurting today, Father. And Father, we just ask you for continued wisdom in the leaders of our world and the leaders of our country and the leaders in this place, Father, in our homes, Lord, as parents and husbands and wives and grandparents and business owners, Lord, and managers, Lord. Father, we ask you for your wisdom and discernment. And we ask you cry out for mercy tonight, Father. We ask you for mercy upon the land, upon the people, upon this world, my God. That, Lord, by grace we may be saved, Lord. Father, let your light even shine brighter through your people, Father. You are the healer, Father God. And that coronavirus, Lord, is not greater than the many crowns, Lord Jesus, that you wear because you are King of kings, Lord. And you are king over that coronavirus. You are king over all sickness and disease, over cancer, over every disease and illness, my Lord. You are the Lord of all, my God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask and declare in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would heal the brokenhearted today. Father, that you would extend your hand and heal the brokenhearted. That you would heal those that are suffering with disease today. Because it is faith that is, Lord, but it starts with faith in your name, Lord. Faith in who you are, Lord Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare in Jesus' name, healing to that broken heart to be restored and salvation unto you. Healing in that headache and that migraine. Healing in that lame man, that lame woman, that lame child. Healing over that cancer. Healing over that coronavirus, that COVID-19. Healing over every sickness and disease in the name of Jesus, Lord. We are believing and standing and knowing, my God, You are the God above all gods. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of our fathers, Lord. You are the Almighty God, Lord. God Almighty, Lord God. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank You this day that Your name is the name above all names, Lord Jesus. And there is power in Your name. There is life in your name, Lord Jesus, and there is no other like you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you this day. We thank you this day, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this is the day of salvation, Lord. Oh, 
Lord Jesus, let every testimony, let everything, Father God, that is done bring glory to you, Lord. Oh, let us glorify you in our lives, Lord, of obedience and submission unto you, Lord God, that you get the glory, my God, because, Lord, we could take no glory. Because, Lord, you share your glory with no man, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this day, Lord. Your word says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God. We are believing this night, my Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Fill your people with joy. Fill those that don't know you with joy. Those that don't know your name, let them know the name above all names to call upon Jesus. For your word says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We thank you this night, Lord Jesus. Oh, we praise you this night. Let thee, would you close us up and continue to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, for your love and your compassion towards us, Lord. As your creation, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us. You love us so much that you sent your Son. Father, Lord, that whoever believes in him, Father, Lord, shall have eternal life and not perish. Father, let us be a people today, Father, that we can say we believe, that we believe in the Son of God, we believe in the one you've sent us, that we may be saved, Lord Jesus, and have eternal life. Father, thank you, Lord, for the joy, Lord Jesus, that you give your people, the joy that we have in our hearts, Father. Thank you for the peace, Lord. Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, that you are, Lord, our God and our King, the one who reigns. Father, thank you that you do not sleep or slumber, Father, Lord, and that you are mindful, Father, Lord, of your creation, Lord. You are mindful of your people, Lord. And at this time of distress, Father, those who need you, Lord, oh, you yes, are with them, Lord Father, Jesus, because, Lord, yes, Father you are our help, and you are everything we need, Lord. Jesus. We bless your holy name, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we're able, Father, to speak your word and hear your word, Lord. Father, and receive it, Lord, and all that it is a word, Father, with power and glory, Lord, that has been given, Father, Lord, to us by you, the source of life, the one whom we love, the one who we believe in, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the love, Lord Jesus, that we continue to receive from you, Father, and that we can share with others, Lord. We bless your holy name, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you are, who you are, and what, Father, Lord, you do for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we know that our Lord is faithful. Keep your eyes on the Lord, as the Word of God says. Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. God bless you.